You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Philemon, chapter 7, verse 17. So if you consider me your partner, welcome Onesimus as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. Yes, my brother, please do me this favor, and for the Lord's sake, give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing, please prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. You may be seated. Go ahead and play video. trial is always present, man. It's a different issue every day. We always face problems. We always go through tough times, but the beauty of it is there's good news, man. We always have the choice whether we want to live through Christ and face our trials or if we want to tackle our issues on our own, right? So listen here, man. Choosing the Jesus route, choosing the God route, man, it's real tough, you know, it's the road less traveled, right? And it gets hard a lot of times, man, along that path. You may drip a little blood, you know, have a few scars. You may drip a little sweat, you know, it, take, it takes a little bit of hard work. You may drip a tear here and there because there is losses involved, there is pain involved, right? But you're always delivered and you always make it to your destination regardless of the trial, regardless of the struggle, you always end up stronger on the other end, right? You know, as opposed to living it without him, you know, everything is tough, but it's no survival. You know, you, you facing an a endless fight, you diving into the ocean with no swimming lessons and no life jacket, right? You know, so with that being said, if God is our strength, and we're experiencing weakness, then we're at an advantage. You make the choice. Drip or drown. All right. So Tariq, not able to be here today, he's had to go out of town, uh, who made this video. He's, he's a guy, if you don't know, Reek speak, you saw the little emblem at the beginning uh he's got a youtube channel and a, and a whole uh like brand there and he's got some great uh, inspirational videos motivational things where he just he writes this stuff and puts it out there and, and he was like like excited to like i want to use this for the church and and uh, he made this little intro for us for this the series we we're kind of wrapping up today dripper drowning whether he knows it or not Tariq is doing something with these videos he's leaving a legacy 
a legacy, a legacy of inspiration, a legacy of challenge um, that I believe will continue long after Tariq is gone. It's kind of like a lot of folks who make uh, art like this. The legacy that they leave of inspiration, of challenge, of motivation will continue long after they're gone. So what are some ways you can leave a legacy? Help me out. What are some ways like people leave legacies? Have kids. You can have kids. Your kids are, are your legacy. Great, great. What else? Your work, whatever your work is, yes, that that's a that's a part of leaving a legacy. What else? Other thoughts? Yeah. What is it? Going out of the box. Yeah, your legacy could be how you perceive things and go out of the box, be outside the box. Absolutely. A lot of times when we think about leaving a legacy, a lot of a lot of people think of stuff. Like you leave stuff, not, it's not just your kids, that's what you leave to your kids. Like you left, it, you left, you know, some inheritance, things like that, what a lot of people think of it, a legacy. Today, we're, using, we're going to talk about leaving a legacy for us um, as people, as a church, and look at the legacy that Jesus has left for us and that we are to leave with others in our lives. So we're wrapping up this series, Drip or Drown, and we're using this phrase um, just for, for a metaphor for how we do life. And we're taking a fresh look at the real transformation that makes uh, your life more like Jesus. And it's, the, it's Jesus who makes that transformation in us. So we're not talking about the, the common phrase, the way drip or drown is used. You either drip or you drown in somebody else's drip. That's how it was explained to me. It's more like you either drip with the presence of God or you drown in your own self. And the drowning has, the way we can drown is in our stuff, our selfishness, our, our sin. We can drown in debt. We can drown in, in attitude. We can drown in how we see others, how we treat other people. We can be drowning in that. So it's whether, whether or not we drown in ourselves or do we drip with the presence of a holy God. That's what we're talking about, drip or drown here at Awaken. So in this short letter we're in, it's in the New Testament called Philemon. And if you have a Bible, you want to turn there, go ahead and do that real quick. As I read from earlier, we're going to dig deeper into that passage, Philemon. It's written, just to catch us up to speed, Philemon is a letter in the New Testament written by one of the early followers of Jesus named Paul, who wrote a lot of letters that actually comprise most of what we call the New Testament of the Bible. He wrote it in jail, and he's in jail in Rome. It's about 30 years after the resurrection and crucifixion of Jesus that he writes this letter. And he writes it alongside Timothy, his friend, kind of, kind of like his disciple. His, he calls him his son in the faith in other places. So Timothy's there with him. He writes it, sends this letter to Philemon. This is why we call it Philemon. It's written to a specific person. And it's written about Onesimus. Onesimus, a, a runaway slave, a fugitive who had found himself in jail with Paul. Paul had introduced Onesimus to Jesus. Jesus had transformed Onesimus, and now Onesimus was leaving jail and was being sent back to Philemon, a, now a, a believer, a follower of Jesus, a brother in Christ. And so as we go a little bit deeper into Philemon with this big idea this morning, it's this, a life transformed by Jesus leaves a legacy of hope. A life that's transformed by Jesus leaves a legacy of hope. Now, a legacy can change a life. When we think about legacy, what we leave, it can change someone's life. Now, today's my birthday. And some of you, y'all, most of the people in the house know that, either because I told you or because you saw it somewhere on Facebook Woo! or whatever. Happy uh, thank Happy you. Birthday. I didn't say that to get that, but I appreciate it very much. A couple, couple of folks, like, as soon as they saw me this morning, said happy birthday. So 
I, they get the real credit, folks. That's all, that's all right. That's all right. But, but I'm 51 years old today. And in this 51 years of life, birthdays have, have come to me in a, a, time, a moment or a time of reflection. And this year, I've been kind of reflecting over this weekend, and not so much on me, what I've accomplished, what I've done, but really on those who have made an impact in my life. I've been reflecting on 50-plus years now of people who have made an impact or, or left a legacy of some kind in my life. And, of course, my, my thoughts went to all kinds of different people uh, throughout my entire life who have really, I felt like, left some kind of legacy is with me from them. But one of the ones that stood out to me it was, was one of my grandparents, my, my, uh, my grandfather on my mother's side, Papaw Joyner. Now, Papaw Joyner worked at the, the, um, the paper mill in West Monroe, Louisiana. He lived in a little community that's called Balcomville, and that's where, I, he, that's where I, when I grew up, I would go to Mamaw and Papaw's house, and that's where he was. When I was in junior high, probably, I don't remember exactly, I think it was seventh or eighth grade, I had to do a project for school. I had to write, I had to interview an elderly person, and I had to write a paper on it. So I had to go, and we had to do a recording, like we had tape recorders back then. Now, now very few of you will remember what a tape recorder is, I probably. You may have heard about it in history class, but, but we, had to, I think we had to get a tape recorder and record, and then we had to write a paper. And so I went to my Papa Joyner's house. He was, he was an elderly person, and it was, like, it was very comfortable for me to like interview him. He's my Papa. And asking me a set of questions about life and, and you know history and, and, and advice. And so I don't remember exactly how it goes. And that recording and papers somewhere in the annals of history that I have no idea where it exists. But I do remember asking him the question, what advice, because this was required, what advice do you have for young people today? And, and I remember word for word, but I remember he said something very much like, always treat other people the way you want to be treated. No matter who they are, he threw that in there, no matter who they are. This is a man who grew up in, you know, the 20s and 30s and 40s, 50s, 60s in Louisiana, in, in Mississippi, in, in a place where it was very, you know, divided in all kinds of ways, where it's very hostile in a lot of different ways. And he had to come through that with just this attitude because of who he was in Christ and left this legacy with me in that moment. Treat other people the way you want to be treated, no matter who they are, no matter who they are. So think about yourself. You don't have to answer this out loud, but just begin to process it because you'll want to think about this more, I think, later on today. Who is someone who has made a real difference in your life? Like, like using this idea of drip or drown, who is somebody that dripped like really goodness into your life? Who is somebody you've been blessed to sit under their drip? So let's look again at what Paul says here. Verse 17, he says to, uh, to Philemon, if you consider me your partner, your partner, Welcome Onesimus as you would welcome me. So, so Paul writes to Philemon, receive Onesimus as you would receive me. Because I'm, he's basically saying, I'm putting myself in his spot. This guy who was your slave, who ran away from you, I'm putting myself in his spot. So if you consider yourself my partner, receive him as you would receive me. The word that was, this was originally written in Greek, like the New Testament was, and when you take the, this apart, you take that word partner there, and you look at the Greek word that was there, it's the word koinonos. Let me hear you say koinonos. koinonos. Yeah, it feels good, doesn't it? Koinonos. Yeah, that kind of floats. Koinonos, it means companion. It means we're in this together. It's, it's, a, it's an intimate word. 
It comes from this word koinonia. Koinonia means the assembly, the fellowship. Anytime you see the word church in the New Testament, it's that word. It's not a building. It's the fellowship. It's the assembly of people, koinonia. And so this is what he says. If you consider me your companion, your intimate partner, that we're in this together, then receive Onesimus the same way. The same way you would receive me. He goes on and says in verse 18, Onesimus, if he's wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. If Onesimus owes you anything, this guy who, who was a runaway slave, if he owes you anything, charge it to me. Charge it to me, Paul says. So he had actually, I think, if we look at this historically, uh, he had probably run up a, a kind of debt as a runaway slave that would be impossible to pay just to pay for. Because he owed him the debt, and this was his, historically would show the debt Onesimus owed Fleeman was one, his money. His money. Because when he was a runaway slave, the law said, the, the, the Roman law said that he owed Philemon the, 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 the price of a replacement. Even if he comes back, he still owes the, the price of a replacement, which is 500 denarii. How many, y'all know what how much that is, right? <laughs> I don't need it. But I had, to, I, had to, I had to research this. You know, 500 denarii. A denarii was basically a day's wage, which is like, you know, I, I don't know how much that would be exactly. You know, money exchange for money exchange. We don't have the exchange rate from denarii to American dollars. But 500 denarii was basically 500 days wages. Like, over, that's over a year, every day. Like, how many, like, how long would it take you to actually, because you work 500 days, but you still got to eat. I mean, you still got to survive. So you got to find some way to save and do that. So he's, possibly could he pay this back? Yes. Probably, probably nobody in that day and time could just pay back 500 denarii. On the spot, he also owed Philemon his life. He owed him his life. He was under the Roman law by abandoning his master by being a runaway slave, a slave that put himself under the possibility of the death penalty. If this guy, if Philemon had so chosen, he could have he could have just said, "Here's Onesimus. He was a slave. He ran away. I want him executed." And the Roman Empire, the way they were set up, okay, we'll do it. That's part of the law. And he had the right to do that. So in this situation, he had the right to do that. Was it right? No. <laughs> Not right. But he had the right, according to the Roman law, to do this. So verse 19, Paul says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I write this with my own hand. I will repay whatever debt Onesimus owes. Onesimus owes an unpayable debt. Paul says, I'm going to make an unbelievable payment. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to cover it. And he used something that was a kind of, why did he say I'm writing this with my own hand? It was a common letter writing uh, way, of, a way of writing letters of the day that you would actually, you know, you would, you would speak your, your letter and somebody who was very educated, who was with you, would write it down. If you look at all the list of people that was with him. With him most likely, when you see the name Luke there, Luke probably was one writing it down because he was, he was a skilled physician. He wrote some letters in his own self. And so, you know, he's speaking and somebody else is writing it down. But he says here, I'm writing this with my own hand. In other words, I want you to pay attention. This is, this is not just, you know, I, I'm doing this. This is so important. I'm writing it with my own hand. Whatever he owes, I will pay. He's confirming this letter is truly from me. I want you to know. Onesimus doesn't come back with a forged letter. <laughs> this is truly for me. It's really for me. And I'm making certain, I want this to be very clear. I want it to be very clear, Philemon. I will repay whatever debt Onesimus owes. You have to, you can, he said, you, you should probably forgive the debt. That'd be the right thing to do. But I will repay 
whatever debt's not forgiven. He said, I, I, if it's the money, I'll find a way to repay it. If it's his life, I'm putting my life in the place of him. And that's huge. I'm putting my life in his place. I will repay whatever debt he owes. I will exchange my life for Onesimus as a way of, 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 of understanding what he writes here. He let his drip drip on Onesimus. And Onesimus' life was changed. And now he's living with hope. He comes back to Philemon with hope. Now, legacy can also change history. A legacy can change not just a life, it can change history. If you can just grab a snapshot of a few uh, uh, lives that their legacy changed history. The first one is the next picture. Neil, that's Neil, picture of Neil Armstrong. So you got a NASA shirt on today. I was like, I saw that and I'm like, hey, right on, man. Yeah, Neil Armstrong. This, this is like a snapshot of, of a legacy. Like Neil Armstrong. Now, whether you believe all the controversy and conspiracies about did they really go to the moon or not, Neil Armstrong's the first man to step foot on the moon. And that is the legacy he leaves because it changed a lot of things for our world, for our, for our, uh, our planet, to understand things in a different perspective from that. Another one is Marilyn Monroe, an iconic picture of Marilyn Monroe, that she is someone who changed the legacy of arts and entertainment. Because before Marilyn Monroe, there were some things that you just, woo, watch that's a little bit. When she came along with the, that iconic picture right there, you're like, oh, I can't believe she won't show that in church. Man. Well, you see it everywhere else. You know, it's like it's the most iconic picture of Marilyn Monroe ever. And by today's standards, it's pretty tame, actually, isn't it? But it's like, this is like, change. Her, her legacy was changing history of entertainment. Another picture. Dr. Martin Luther King, another iconic snapshot of a person who, whose legacy was a change in history. This man, obviously, changed history for our nation and for the world. And there's a snapshot of that. Isn't it interesting that a simple snapshot can capture the legacy of changed history? Three little snapshots and see how, oh, wow, history made a turn there. History was made a change in that, because of that person's legacy that they left. Is there, for your life, can you think of like a snapshot moment of your life that it was just, you said, that's the moment. That's the moment. Life changed at that moment. There's probably more to come. Think about it. A snapshot. That's the moment. So, Philemon. Did he, here's the question, right? Because we've, we've been in three weeks in this, we read this letter, and now we got to the end, and it's like, did Philemon do it? Did he, did he forgive Onesimus? What happened? What happened? It's, a, it's not a narrative. It's a letter. I don't know what happened. Did he forgive him? Did he embrace the former slave as a brother of Jesus the way, uh, the, in the way of Jesus that, that uh, Paul tells him to? Um, I love that he tells him to, too, in kind of a nice way. He's like, I, I won't even mention that I owe you my life. I don't know if you caught when he said that. He's like, I could ask you to, I could, I could like, command you to do this because it's the right thing to do, and I won't even mention that, I owe, that you owe me your life. <laughs> but I'm just going to request that you do this because it's the right thing. So Scripture, the, the Bible, doesn't really come right out and say one way or another, but the very fact that this is included in the New Testament, it's a really good indication that, well, Philemon received the letter and forgave Onesimus, and they went on. I mean, there's a good indication there because this is included in Scripture. If he hadn't, the letter never would have you know, been passed along. This letter would have been, he gets a letter, like, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> not going to do it. But it, it, has, it was persevered and is actually interpreted as Holy Scripture 
by the Holy Spirit of God. Not just a letter, but it's been presented as this is Scripture. And God is speaking to us through this. So 50, we don't have the biblical history of this, but we do have the, the, the benefit of, of history. And 50 years later, just a short time before 107 AD, there was a church leader named Ignatius. And Ignatius wrote a letter about 50 years after this letter was written. And uh, he was executed in 107 AD. And this was just sometime before his execution, he wrote this letter. And this letter was written to the church in Ephesus, and it was addressed to the pastor of the church in Ephesus. Guess who? Onesimus. Some 50 years later, Onesimus has, gone, has somehow gone on from being a runaway slave, a fugitive, returns back to Philemon in Colossae, and now he's in Ephesus pastoring a church there. We don't know how old he is because we don't have the time framing. He's a runaway slave. He could be 15, so he could be 65 at this point. Maybe he's 70. Maybe he's 80 and he's pastoring. Who knows? But he's pastoring this church in Ephesus here. And, and, and Ignatius writes to him, and he says, Onesimus is a man whose love is beyond words. That's mean. To have that be your legacy written down in history. He's a man whose love is beyond words. Now, it's this pastor from Ephesus named Onesimus that historians have credited for being the first person to compile Paul's letters into a collection. See, when they wrote this, there was no, we didn't, they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have this New Testament. They didn't have the Gospels. They, were, uh, like a, they didn't have this like we do. They had, some, they had a letter that was written to a church, and then they began to like, well, let's make a copy, and somebody else, somebody else could read this. It's really good. And Onesimus was the first one who was like, we need to start collecting these and kind of keeping them together in a collection. Can you just kind of wrap your brain around this? Here's a, a fugitive slave, a runaway slave, who has, who, who's been in jail, and, and, is, and was his life a change uh, legacy? You better believe it. I mean, see how God works? And an insignificant guy, a runaway slave, I mean, he's insignificant, really, because until we kind of did this little thing. Have you ever, do you ever remember ever talking about Onesimus before? I mean, it really, and, and have you even really considered, like, Philemon, this, this letter in the New Testament? It's kind of stuck away, and it's like, it's not like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Everybody knows those. It's like Romans, okay, yeah, and there's that first and second Corinthians, and there's, there's some other ones. Oh, Revelation, I heard of that one. <laughs> Philemon, is that, is that even, a, are you trying to trick me? Is that a book of the Bible? No, it's a, it's a letter that's written in here, and it's there. And, and, and here's this story of Onesimus. And he's the one who God chose to begin to put the New Testament together? That's incredible. What it shows us is this. Here's the bottom line. No matter what you're drowning in, you can make a real difference. No matter what you're drowning in, you can make a real difference because Onesimus, man, he was drowning in everything. He's going, I could die to carrying this letter back to Philemon from Paul. It could be the last thing I do, and it would be legally okay. And he ends up being the first, the guy that begins to compile the New Testament. No matter what you're drowning in, no matter what you have been drowning in, you can make a real difference because Jesus makes the difference. The legacy of Philemon, the letter of Philemon, is a changed life of Onesimus. That's the legacy of this letter. But it's also, it's the changed history, that way that comes after that. And it's also for us. It's the fact that your legacy is, is your life. It's not just a changed life. It's not just history can be changed. Your, your life, your life, what is the story of your life? 
Fill up that picture that says bless on it. Starting next week, we begin a series that's going to take us through up to East, all the way to, into Easter. The next five weeks. Easter's only five weeks away, so if you didn't know, or six weeks from today. So the next five weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about how to bless our neighbor. We're using this phrase, bless your heart, because it just it needs to be redeemed. Because every time we say bless your heart in our culture, we know that's not a blessing. Right? Oh, bless your heart. That does that, that's not nice. We want, it to, we want it to redeem that. We want to bless our neighbors. And how do we do that? Well, we begin with prayer. Then we listen to each other with care. We eat together. We serve each other with love. And we share your story. How do you bless your neighbor? You, you, you share your story, the story of your life, your legacy. What is your story? Your life. This is your legacy. Another famous historian, uh, historical Christian, was named Martin Luther. He was the uh, considered the father of the Protestant Reformation. You may have heard of him or read of him. Uh, Martin Luther. He's quoted as speaking. He's speaking of God, but he uses a, a word that, that kind of I thought was interesting. We are all his gods. We're all his onesimi, if we really believe it. He like takes this onesimus that we barely even heard of, and he's like, oh, we could all be onesimi. We could all be. Onesimus, if we believe it, if we believe what? If we believe what Onesimus believed. If we believe that the Onesimus story could be my story. Onesimus story could be your story. No matter what you've been drowning in, you can be redeemed, you can be saved, you can, be, you can have a do-over, you can drip with the presence of God and make a difference, be the difference in our culture. So just like Onesimus, we find ourselves drowning, drowning in, again, our past. Maybe we're drowning in our sin, for real. Maybe we're, maybe we're drowning in debt, gratitude, maybe, uh, or uh, an attitude of not gratitude. Maybe we're, maybe we're just drowning in anger, yeah. unforgiveness, whatever. And like Onesimus, Jesus can transform your life, move you from drowning in self to dripping in his presence. Jesus can take your baggage and repurpose it. It's Jesus who changes the legacy of your life. He gives you a new way to drip. <laughs> he gives you a new drip. It's his drip. It's okay. It's like, I mean, you got that Jesus drip. <laughs> yes, get it and do it. And Jesus is saying, you got it. Now drip on. Drip on. Continue on. Drip on. Let that drip fall on your neighbors, on your friends, on those who are, who are hard to get along with. Drip on. 1 Peter 1.18 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He paid for you with the precious life blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Do you have that picture? I can find a picture that really captured how I believe that moment. You talk about a snapshot of a moment, that, that, that a legacy that changed history. That's it. That's the snapshot. God loved you. He said you're worth it, like we say a while ago. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sin, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So how will you leave a legacy worth leaving? 
Well, with Jesus as the subject, I think there's a couple things that we can do. First of all, let's believe in people. To leave a legacy worth leaving, believe in somebody. Believe in people. Paul believed in Onesimus. Here's our example. Paul believed in Onesimus. He believed in Philemon. I believe, I'm going to send Onesimus back to you, and I'm going to believe that you're going to do the right thing. I'm believing in you. And when I consider the legacy of what I'm leaving behind, I have to ask, who are the people that I believe in? How, and do they know that I am? Am I willing to believe in people? Am I willing to believe in my kids? Yep. Am I willing to believe in my neighbors? Hard sometimes, but yep. Am I willing to believe in a ragtag group of college students and 20-somethings and you know, not even millennials and Gen Zs is coming to get my, am I willing to believe? Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to believe. Right. You, who are you willing to believe in? Because that's the legacy worth leaving. And the, and the next one kind of goes along with this. Take risks on people. Believe in people and take risks on people. I know we don't like to take risks, especially when it comes to people, because you're talking about relationships. You're talking about putting your heart out there. It's difficult. I know. Paul's willing to take a risk on Onesimus. I'm going to trust you now. I'm taking a risk to send you back. He's taking a risk on Philemon. Onesimus is taking a risk. He's going back. His life's on the line. The lesson for me is give people a chance. Give people a chance. What if they let you down? Well, (laughs) give them another chance. God gave me more than one chance. He's still giving me chances. He's still, he's still taking a risk on us. That's really ultimately our example. God takes the risk of loving us. He loves us. And why is that risky for God? Because he can't make us love him back. Love is risk. Loving in a, in a, in a, in a relationship, a, 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 like an intimate relationship, it's risky. But loving your neighbor is risky. Loving your enemy, definitely risky. Loving one another, sometimes even in the context of church. Man, that's, that's risky. But God took that risk because we don't have to love him back. That's where the real risk is. When we're willing to risk on someone, we instill, I believe, a confidence in them to do great things. Those people who have taken a risk on me in my life, I've, I've been reflecting, it's put confidence in me to just keep going and then begin to drip into the lives of others. So God believes in you. All about his, his uh, sending Jesus for us. So all because God loves you, and he wants your life to be filled with authentic love and real hope. The life transformed by Jesus leaves a legacy of hope. What are the next steps? Here's a, two, two questions. And you may your next step kind of tie to this. Who is someone who you can thank for making a difference in your life? Who's someone you can thank for making a difference in your life? And, and your next step would be, you know what, thank them. Just a text, just a call, a card, anything. You know what, thanks. Thanks for believing in me. Thanks for supporting me. You know, it could be a parent. could be a grandparent like me. It could be a friend. It could be, I don't know, a teacher. But tell them. Tell them. Secondly, who needs you to believe in them? I take a risk on them. And think about that. And you don't need to go up to them and go, hey, Tyler, man, I'm taking a risk on you, man. I want you to know I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to trust you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to love you, man. I just want you to know. I don't want you to know I'm taking a risk. Don't do that. <laughs> but for yourself, realize, I need to do that. I need to, I need to like, 
I need to let that be the drip in the lives of other people. Because God says you're worth it. He also says that person's worth it too. You're worth it. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you say we're worth it. We thank you that you, you, uh, you have loved us in such a way that you took this risk. This risk, Lord, it's, a, it's, it's mind-blowing. It's kind of overwhelming to really just let it sink in. That you love us so much that you send Jesus to show us how to live, to give us life. You sent Jesus to, 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 to do that, to, to change everything. But you also, Lord, sent Jesus to die. And in that crucifixion, in that resurrection, you said to each and every one of us, I love you, knowing that there's some of us who are never going to say we love you back. But Lord, we thank you for taking that risk. And we pray, Lord, you would open our hearts and our minds to, to our family, to our neighbors, to our community. That, Lord, we would be able to love our neighbor. We would be able to love our, each other. We'd be able to love our enemy, Lord, in that kind of way that regardless of what we get out of it, that we would just love them with the love of Christ that you've loved us with. And Lord, if any of us are here this morning or are, are, are listening or watching online, that Lord, and that right now, Lord, would be this moment of just turning to you. Because Lord, it's not about responding by going to a kneeling bench or an altar call or, or going to talk to the pastor. It's probably responding by living a changed life. Lord, would you just do that, Lord? Help us to see where you can help us to live different be different. Share your love with those around us, even when it's hard, even when it's risky. Knowing that we can come back to you and rest in your love. Thank you for the hope that you have given us. It's the legacy, Lord, that we own as the children of God. But may we take that hope. May it be the legacy that we leave as well. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.